Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. All three readings from this weekend speak to us about forgiveness. Now this is powerful, but also very difficult for us to talk about. We all want to be forgiven by others, especially by God. But it's hard for us sometimes to forgive others. Now realize, this day, Sunday, falls upon the 10th anniversary in which we remember, we recall 9-11, in which our country was brutally and maliciously attacked, in which thousands of innocent people, innocent civilians, were killed and lost their lives. And yet, this anniversary, this time in which our country remembers this horrible event falls on a Sunday. All three scripture readings talk about forgiveness. Is this irony? Hardly. This is providence. This is God's plan. Now, I'm going to talk about this a little bit later. What I want to first do is address the scriptures for this weekend. The first reading comes from the book of Sirach. And God says, Wrath and anger are hateful things, yet the sinner hugs them tight. The vengeful will suffer the Lord's vengeance, for he remembers their sins in detail. Well, isn't that so much so for us? You know, we hold on to those things in which people have wronged us. Our anger, we hold on to that tight, you know, that bitter resentment we have for others who have wronged us. You know, we don't want to forget, lest we have the opportunity to get back at them, our own self-righteousness. And yet, notice what God says next. Forgive your neighbor's injustice. Then, when you pray, your own sins will be forgiven. What God is showing us here is the direct correlation between God's forgiveness of us and our forgiveness of others. Jesus Christ gives us the great example of this correlation and when he teaches the apostles and us the Lord's Prayer, in which we pray, Forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Again, that's, there's that direct correlation between God's forgiveness of us and our forgiveness of others. By God forgiving us, we receive the grace to then turn and be able to forgive others. Now, fast forward to the gospel. Again, this is exactly what Jesus is teaching in this parable of the steward. The steward is forgiven by his master but then is unable to forgive his fellow servant. Now again, here is that relationship between God's forgiveness of us and our forgiveness of others. When God forgives us, he expects us to learn by that and then be able to forgive others in our life. Now, a key to help us to understand this is go to the second reading from Paul's letter to the Romans. Paul writes, For if we live, we live for the Lord. If we die, we die for the Lord. 
So then, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. Now, this is something I've preached for the past several years. When I've said, your life is not about you. Not about your pleasure, your desire, your ego, your hopes, your dreams. Realize what Paul says, whether you live or you die, we are the Lord's. What he's telling us is we belong to God. Now, often we love to think about our plans, our desires, our hopes, and our dreams. But if we truly understand what Paul is talking about, instead, it's God's plans for us, his hopes for us, his dreams for us. Our whole life is a gift from God, a gift to be lived out for and to God. Our life is for God's purposes, not our own personal purposes. Our life is to serve God's ends and not our own ends. See, when we realize this, then we do have the capacity to forgive all people that have wronged us. Now, why are some people incapable of forgiving? Well, because those people are self-absorbed. Everything revolves around them. Everything is about them, their ego, their wants, their pleasures, their desires. But when we realize our life is not about us, but instead it's about us in relationship with God, that we exist as instruments of God's grace in this world, then we are able to practice real forgiveness. See, the early church fathers saw this. They saw that direct relationship, that direct correlation between God's forgiveness of us and our forgiveness of others. Again, if you read the writings of St. Augustine, St. John Chrysostom, they all talk about the Lord's Prayer in which we recite and we pray, forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. We recognize as God forgives our sins, we now have the grace to turn and forgive others. And we can't forgive one another on a pure humanistic way. We can't say, you know, I am a pure humanist. I don't need God in my life, but because I am a human being and respect others, I can forgive others. Well, we're just joking with ourselves. We're just kidding ourselves. Essentially, the ego eventually gets in the way. Our ego concerns us about, you know, what is owed to me? You know, what is this person taken from me? And therefore, we can't forgive in a purely humanistic way. But instead, when we realize, as Paul says, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. Well, if we truly believe that we are a gift from God, our life truly is a gift, that we belong to God, that our life is not about us, but instead us in relationship with God, then we are able to truly forgive others that have wronged us. Now, turn to 9-11. All three of the scripture readings for this weekend call for all of us to forgive those who harm us. Now, when we think about 9-11, when we think about how our country was attacked 10 years ago today, it may continue to stir up anger. Now, what we have to differentiate is the anger. Legitimate anger associated or tethered with love essentially is the passion to set all things right. 
We see this in sacred scripture, in the Old Testament, with the prophets. The prophets experience and practice legitimate anger, tethered to love, when they constantly were angry with the Israelites after they broke covenant after covenant with the Lord and essentially disobeyed God. You see legitimate anger in Jesus Christ himself when he took cords, made them into a whip, and whipped the money changers out of the temple to teach them this was a sacred place of prayer only. You see legitimate anger in St. Paul in his writings, especially in Corinthians, when he is angry with the Christian community there because they're undermining the teachings of Christ and the church. You see, legitimate anger is the passion to set all things right. It's the proper response to injustice. Now, can legitimate anger lead to the prosecution of all those that were responsible for 9-11? Yes, absolutely. We are all responsible for the things that we do. This is the passion to set all things right. But we have to be very careful. As Thomas Aquinas reminds us, we have to be very careful not to obscure legitimate anger with the deadly sin of anger. The deadly sin of anger is the irrational response for vengeance. It's not attached to love. Now remember, love is to will the good of another. A good test of whether or not your anger is legitimate based upon sacred scripture or the sinful, deadly anger is whether or not it is attached to love. If it's attached to love to will the good of another, then it is legitimate anger. I'll give you a good example of what I mean here. Remember last week, I told you the story of the woman in the gym with the two teenagers. See, that's legitimate anger. Anger attached to love. She went over and she confronted those teenagers and she wanted them to understand what they were wearing was wrong. The t-shirts that they were wearing were brutally offensive to women. And she told them just that. And yet she was motivated by love. She was motivated by wanting the better for those teenagers. She wanted them to learn what they were doing was wrong and to learn respect for all people especially women. See, that's a great example of legitimate anger associated with love. See, when we practice legitimate anger, disciplined or in the service of love, then we are able to forgive all people. What truly is forgiveness? Well, first, it assumes the knowledge of something wrong that's been committed, either by us or against us. Therefore, it also presumes anger. And see, legitimate anger tethered or associated to love is the passion to set all things right. Again, willing the good for the other. In this case, the woman, she had passionate anger for those men, for those teenagers that were wearing those t-shirts, but she willed the good of another. She practiced love to make sure that they understood what was wrong and respected others. And they did just that. Now, what I want to do in the closing minutes is offer some advice to make us better forgivers. First, keep your sins always before you. Paul writes about this in Romans. 
He says, my sins are always before me. Now, we find it very easy for us to remember the sins of others, to point them out. More to it or worse yet, we hold on to those sins that were committed against us. We like to pick at them like an open wound, making sure that it never heals so that we always remember the wrong that was done to us by that person or persons. Instead, what we must do is keep our own sins before us. Realize that we have been forgiven by God far, far more than we have forgiven others. When we keep our sins before us, it's a great practice of humility. That's why at the very beginning of Mass, we always pray and confess the Confidior, in which we say, I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have sinned through my own fault. We recognize at the very beginning of Mass that we are all sinners, that we all are in need of God's forgiveness. Another way in which we can be better forgivers, go to confession on a regular basis. Our catechism tells us that to be a Catholic in good standing means that we have to go to confession at a minimum once a year. But don't settle for mediocrity in the spiritual life. Go to confession more often. When I go to confession once a month, it feels like a yoke, a burden has been taken off of me. Experience that same spiritual delight in your own life. Another way in which we can be better forgivers, forgive quickly. Sacred scripture, Proverbs, tells us, don't allow the sun to go down on your anger. That's powerful. Don't allow the resentment and the anger that you have to sink deep within inside your soul. You know, don't hold on to that resentment for months or even years. What it'll do, it'll sink deep within inside your soul so that it becomes nearly impossible for you to forgive others. Instead, forgive quickly. Don't allow the sun to go down on your anger. Friends, today our country remembers 10 years ago, we were attacked violently and maliciously. Thousands of innocent people lost their lives. Strongly encourage you today, take some time and read all three of these scripture readings, and they will be a source of healing for you. And may the peace and the grace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.